Cool. So, why global poverty? Um, so, first, I should just warn you, there was a bit of a miscommunication, and I was expecting to do a panel. And then I found out about two hours ago that it was actually a talk, so I spent the last two hours writing this talk. Um, which means that there hasn't been a run-through, and I didn't get lunch, so please be kind. Okay, so, why global poverty? So, the first thing is, you could do a lot of good with global poverty. It's a really, really sort of, uh, it's, it's a field... It's a field where there's a lot happening. It's a field where your money can go really far. And part of that is that sort of like, uh, so part of why your money can go really far is that like, as relatively well-off first-worlders, um, we can sort of take advantage of this hugely imbalanced wealth distribution to, um, uh, to help other people a lot without sacrificing very much. Like, a, a typical person in the U.S. is... is Somewhere above 90% in the, um, if you like line all the people in the world up from, from uh, poorest to wealthiest, and you take the, um, and you take like the 90th person along there, who's like, seems like they should be uh, reasonably well off, that person actually has less money than someone earning at the poverty line in the US. So the, the wealth distribution in the world is, is super imbalanced, um, and making it less imbalanced can really improve people's lives. Um, so, just an illustration of how unbalanced things are. We can look at, um, at, at marginal cost uh, to save a life. So, for example, in the U.S., uh, if we're trying to decide, like, would it be... A, so, okay, so we're trying to decide... We have this new regulation for power plants. We're going to say they can't emit this pollutant that they've been emitting. And we're trying to decide whether we should do this. Well, one way that the EPA would try and make this decision is they would look at the costs and benefits. So, like, there's a cost. We have to go install things in all the power plants. And there's a benefit, people stop dying from whatever disease it gives you. And the way the, um, the, way the EPA considers this is they say, okay, so we, we add up all the costs, we add up the number of people that won't die, and we treat the value of a life in the U.S. as somewhere around $9 million. The EPA figure is $9.1 million. Other federal agencies use 7.9, 9.4, things in that range. Like uh, high single-digit millions of dollars per life saved. Um, on the other hand, if I... Um, give money to, say, AMF, who distribute bed nets, um, and those bed nets keep people from dying of malaria. Um, a sort of give well sort of rough estimate, which you should not hold them to, but it's in the area of, of around $3,000 per life saved. So we're comparing like 3,000 versus uh, sort of 9 million. And we have this, this, this huge range, and this range comes from the, the, the marginal cost to save a life is, is just much higher in developed countries. Um, now, you do have to choose the best interventions. If you just choose like a random global health intervention um, or global poverty intervention, it's probably not going to uh, be anywhere near as effective as like the particular ones I'm cherry picking, which are the, like the ones we know about. But we can cherry pick them. We can look at the research and we can pick the best ones. Um, and Eva and Michael are going to talk more about this. They're very knowledgeable about this, and I'm looking forward to their presentations. Um, so in global poverty, you can do a lot of good. This is effective altruism. It's not enough to say, like, okay, we can do a lot of good. For it to be what we should do, it has to be the most good, which is a really high bar. It's, it's not enough for it to be, like, better than almost everything. It really has to be, like, our best option. Um, so I'm going to try and argue for that. And it's, I may or may not succeed. So high bar. So um, we have some contenders. So other things that, like, could plausibly be um, more, more important than global poverty are existential risk, making sure we don't kill off humanity, or humanity kills itself off for some other reason. Um, helping animals, uh, 
animals in factory farms and, and other places often have uh, very poor lives. Um, and also just sort of growing the EA movement, uh, trying to make there be more people doing good things. I, th I think all of these could plausibly be better than global poverty. So I just want to go over them and, and like make some comparisons. Um, so existential risk. Um, everybody dies, the end. Like clearly very bad. Uh, but so, so what, what risks are there? And, and to some extent, there's like a continuum. You have like at one end, things that are pretty well understood, like uh, risk from asteroid impacts, um, which these tend to get like a pretty good amount of money and a good amount of people. And like we understand what's happening there. And there's not a super amount of room for more funding uh, because they're, they're well understood. Um, and then at the other end, we have things like risk from AI, where there's relatively much less money and, and fewer people and not nearly as good an understanding. Um, and, and this makes some sense. Like when things are well understood, society takes it seriously and funds it. Um, when it's like clear, uh, like, okay, uh, we have surveyed this fraction of, this, of the sky um, for uh, objects that are over a certain size. Uh, we want to check for objects that are smaller than that. Um, that, that's the sort of thing where like, people, it, it's well understood enough that, that we can like, make an informed decision about what the risks are. On the other hand, um, things that are more like AI risk, it's much harder to know if, if you're making any progress at all. Um, so, and, and some of this has to do with feedback loops. So just like a brief analogy digression. So like, um, people succeed when they have good feedback loops. This is something for like, humans in general. Like, you, you have to know if what you're doing is working to have any hope of doing the right thing. And this is a problem for, for charity in general. Charity is full of, of missing feedback loops or misaligned feedback loops. Um, and, and just to clarify, like, sort of to illustrate this, like when you're buying things for yourself, uh, there's a good feedback loop. Because if the thing shows up and it's not what you wanted, uh, you can object. You can leave the business a bad review. You can. Um, or probably before that you would like call them and say like that's not what I asked for and they would give it to you. And we have all of these sort of well-functioning steps where you can uh, feed back to them. You can say like that was wrong and they can either fix it or suffer consequences where you maybe switch to someone else. So, so in, in, most, in most markets where people buy things for themselves, we have good feedback loops. But in charity, we tend to not have good feedback loops. Um, we tend to be in situations where I'm buying something for someone else or someone else is buying something for me. And in that case, it's much, it's much easier for things to go wrong because uh, nobody uh, in a position to know about the problem is in a position to ask for things to happen differently. Um, so this is a problem for charity in general, but it's, it's a big problem for the more speculative areas of existential risk, where if I'm working on, uh, so I decide, okay, I want to work on existential risk. I think what we need to do is we need to understand this aspect of system design so we can improve it. Okay. I think we need to work on uh, maybe uh, understanding how we would solve this small aspect of the AI problem. Um, because, you, because these are very difficult to, to tell um, if, you're, if you're making progress toward the, toward the goal of um, uh, preventing AI risk, preventing uh, a super intelligence that's indifferent to people from taking over or something. Um, because it's hard to tell if you're making progress, you're very unlikely to make progress. Um, w without a map, it's, it's, you're unlikely to go in the right direction. So, okay, so this makes me pretty sour on existential risk possibility. Either stuff is well-funded and I can't do anything, or it's um, pretty speculative and it's really unlikely that people 
who try and work on it are going to end up working in a useful direction. Now, there might be some stuff in between, some stuff that's like reasonably well understood, and it might be worth making it better understood, um, but is not well-funded yet. I don't know of anything in this category, but come ask in the Q&A if you think you have something, and maybe you'll convince me. Um, OK, so um, another possibility here. Um, so I talked about existential risk. Another category is helping animals. And I think uh, with, with animals, it's in many ways very similar to global poverty. You're uh, helping creatures that exist now. Uh, you're in a position where you have much more wealth and power than those you're trying to help. Um, and there's the potential for pretty good feedback loops. Um, it depends on good research, and there's a lot of progress we could make in, in the sort of state of research around how to help animals. But that's pretty doable. You can, you can tell if you're making progress, so we need that. Um, the thing is, with, with helping animals, um, it critically depends on your view of animals. It depends on how much you think they matter. So if you think animals are sort of in the same ballpark as people, then I really don't think you should work on global poverty at all. I, I don't think that's what makes sense for you. Um, but I don't think animals and people are in the same ballpark. I think people matter a lot more. Um, and that sort of shifts my view away from animals and, and toward helping, helping uh, the people who are much worse off than me as opposed to the animals that are much worse off than me. Um, additionally, if you're sort of on the fence between uh, trying to decide between uh, charities that are helping people now and charities that are helping animals now, um, there, there's sort of some questions about flow-through effects. So let's say um, I donate to a charity and a child uh, gets dewormed. Okay, well, that child no longer has to suffer intestinal parasites. So they're, they're somewhat happier, their life is better, this is great. Um, but you could make a similar situation with, like, so I donate to a charity, there's some number of animals that don't suffer in factory farms, and uh, so they're not suffering is great. Um, but there are also, in the case of the child, there are effects where then the child will go on to affect other people's lives. So the child earns more, they contribute more, they help others, etc. And in the case of the animal, that's, that's much less true. Uh, if true at all, especially if you're like making it so the animal never exists. Like, it doesn't exist, so it doesn't suffer is good. It doesn't exist, but that doesn't mean it will be able to affect others the same way. So these flow-through effect sort of considerations around helping people versus helping animals, they're hard to measure. They're speculative. I don't think you should put too much weight on them. But if you're sort of somewhat on the fence between these two, I, th I think they're worth thinking about. Um, OK, so, so the, the sort of third contender I'd brought up was, was movement building. Um, we could have more effective altruists. That's more money for great projects, more people to work on the most sort of important things, and, and more thought on all of these questions I've been talking about. That sounds really good. There are some questions about limited feedback loops. Like, you can tell if the movement's growing, but it's, it can be a little hard to tell if it's growing because of what you did or because of what other people are doing. Um, you can handle this some by sort of looking at, at like, trying to grow EA in a city versus another city. Um, and tracking, uh, sort of, uh, like promoting one charity and seeing what happens to what that charity earns. Um, you can, it, it's not quite as clear as some places where you can do very simple randomized, not very simple, but very clear-cut randomized controlled trials. Um, but it's still, it's, it's still a place where we can make progress, where we can, where we can see if, we're, um, if there are more EAs than there were before, um, and we can understand progress there. Um, so... With movement building, um, I think it's a pretty strong argument. Uh, having more EAs is really valuable. And so I think, yeah, I think, I think we should all do movement building. But not just movement building. Um, I think you can't have a movement that is entirely meta. You, like, if, if, if your movement consists of like, memes about grow the movement, grow the movement lots, 
build your growth capacity, bring in people to grow more, and just work on growing. Like, that only makes sense if then at some point you can transition your now very large movement into a movement doing something totally different. And if you built a movement sort of optimized around movements that grow, you're probably not going to then be able to really dive into any of these other sort of potentially very powerful um, EA causes. So we can't have a movement that is entirely about growing the movement. We need to do some amount of, um, some amount of sort of directly trying to do good as we, as we build the movement. And also, in, in many ways, um, the, the sooner we start doing things, uh, the, the more time we have for, for the feedback loops in that to get stronger and us to get better at identifying the best places to give. Um, so, okay, so this means that we should do some good now, and we should also build the movement. Uh, personally, I try to split sort of my life 50-50 um, in my earning to give. I divide my donations between trying to grow the movement and sort of uh, the best global poverty interventions I can find. Um, and when you, and, and I think for the portion uh, of like our time and attention that goes to trying to do good now, um, I, I think uh, global poverty um, is sort of, is, is the best shot there. Um, so yeah, so I'm happy to talk more afterwards and thank you.